Hey, did you see Liberty Health Sciences just reopened in Dania Beach? Yeah, isn't that spot close to you? Yep, super convenient. And you get 50% off of your first three visits. That's awesome. Sounds like I'm going to be going to Liberty Health Sciences. Yes, and you know what else? Liberty's customer service, unrivaled. And they have over 50 locations throughout Florida to serve our listeners from all over the state, which is great. They now have the Later Days line of flour. Time to say peace out to overpriced eights. Liberty Health Sciences is going back to the good old days of whole flour eights for only $20 all day, every day, all year. This isn't discount flour or unpopular strains either. These are the OG strains that you know and love, like Gorilla Glue, Runts, and Banana OG. So let's look forward to quality flour and say later days to high prices. Exclusively at Liberty Health Sciences. Smoking Moms Podcast. We're back. I, I'm your host, Sonny D. And I'm Captain J. And we're the Pot Smoking Moms. <laughs> we are so happy to be here. Uh, we got so much to talk about, including what happened this past weekend. Um, if you like our show and you want to help us move up in the world of podcasts, Please rate, subscribe, share, and be friends with us on all our social medias. You can find everything at potsmokingmoms.com. That's our website. And before we get into all the stuff we got, we got a little smoke sesh. We got to spark it up. So if you don't have something, grab it. Yes, yes, yes. Our smoke sesh is sponsored by Fluent. If you go to our website, you can click on the Fluent link and that you could sign up for the rewards. All right. I have some garlic butter. It's a potent indica dominant strain dripping in trichomes and featuring a savory garlic flavor with undertones oh. of creamy butter and nuts. <laughs> butter and nuts <laughs> originating from gmo and fortune cookies this heavy hitting strain creates a full body relaxation that just might leave you glued to your seat oh, oh. yeah that's what i need right now it's good for you because like you stay here i gotta drive home <laughs> i on the other hand i have uh again i love the little 10 pack mini pre-rolls uh i've got og kush the original this fueled up strain from the legendary growers at freedom town this old school indica leaning hybrid ignites a heavy euphoria and relaxation that can sway you to sleep. Hopefully not before I get home. Major terpenes are limonene, beta caryophylline, beta myrcene, farnesine. It's danky, fuely, spicy, and tastes is uh, tastes reminiscent of earthy pine fuel citrus. 
uh, effects should be calm, positive, and elevated. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, tell us what you're smoking. Hit us up on our Instagram. DM us. Message us. We love to hear about all the strains that you love. Uh, so hopefully we could we could try them. For sure. I keep telling myself to start keeping a log. I never do. I know, man. There's just so much shit on our plates. We got a lot going on. This week has been mighty hectic. Yeah. Super hectic. Later on in the show, we have a nice interview with one of our buddies in the industry, Shay from Magically Blended, a psychedelic and plant medicine content creator, advocate, and brand ambassador. And a homie. And a homie. So stick around for that wonderful interview to learn more about the wonderful world of mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> And a special thanks to our patrons who are probably watching this right now, um, where if as a patron, you can see the video version of the show, uh, see um, sometimes we'll put the extended interviews out. Um, you can check out our website to become a patron and uh, yeah, go on vacation with us. We really are talking about going to Disney again and Colorado next year. Your shows are really uh- events that we're having this coming year oh uh, we also want to hit up mj bizcon next year i know it's mm. like right around the corner here but i wish we'd we like go to this year yeah i know but we, we can uh we're planning on hitting all that up next year and we'd love for you to be a part of it hey and if you can't contribute to the show in that sense that's fine anytime you rate review or share our podcast we also reap those benefits, so please keep doing that. If you do, let us know. Got to let us know with your details <laughs> so we could send you a sticker and uh, just send some love to your mailbox. Yes, please share our show. This is the only platform we are not censored and we can be fully ourselves. And, you know. And I wanted to tell everybody, um, if you want to see our show, All of last season's episodes are available on our YouTube page. Uh, We're Pot Smoking Moms on YouTube as well. Oh, well, actually, they have handles now. So it's at Pot Smoking Moms on YouTube. We have all of our last season's videos there. So you could see a video, probably fall in love with our beautiful faces and then become a patron. Enjoy watching us fumble through making this video version happen. Exactly. The, the bloopers are funny. <laughs> the blooper moments. Yeah. So this past weekend. Oh, yeah. We had such a great time. It was such a blast. Every single one of those ladies on that bus with us was so cool. Um, yeah. You and know it, what I love? Even with all the shit that went wrong. Oh, my God. Yeah. we ha- uh, That's like always a given. Like is the like- technical issues, the the phone not working with the TV. But then one of the ladies stood up and let us use her phone. As we yeah. Said, oh, my God. How do they not have an iPhone compatible? Well, that's why I was like, oh, I got to have a couple of different backup plans. And I figured if I, ha- if I hosted the video on YouTube, I can access that video from anywhere. Yeah. As long as I have the link. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I try, you know, we try to put as many backup plans 
for things. And it worked. And yeah, and I mean, it worked out. The only thing that we couldn't get to work was putting the kind of quiz up on the screen that we just had to read out, um, even though we had these great slides to show for it. But, you know, it worked out. It worked out. It was so much fun. Yeah. And another thing I, I really love when a new lady that hasn't hung out with us normally do things like this we had somebody who was like this is really way out of my comfort level and i was like look it's a good thing you picked this as something that you're doing out of your comfort level because you we will we will go out of our way to make you feel comfortable yeah and she had a blast you're amongst a bunch of other chill moms (laughs) yeah exactly and we met so many cool moms that we would love to hang out with again and have their brownies. Yes. And listen to some their brownies tunes. were amazing. Everybody was talking like yeah. how awesome they were. <laughs> yeah. The, her, she's a great baker. Let's just say that. <laughs> everyone was baked. Yeah, everyone was <laughs> was baked. Uh, but it was a good time. Yeah, it was really good. We have some pictures up on the screen for our patrons to see. Yeah. So uh, we we had uh, a great meal at Chiba Hunt. And you know, everybody met up there. Uh, we gave everybody some hooked up swag bags. And man, the stuff that Ch- Chiba Hut has the best, like, swag. Oh, my God. Their shirts were so cool. Yeah, they had. And their sunglasses. And I wasn't expecting. Their little, co- their little cozies. Everything. Everything they, I, they gave was cool. I had asked them, like, hey, just give us a couple things for, like, to give away as prizes. We ended up getting so many things that we gave everybody, everybody a shirt. Yeah, we gave everybody a shirt, everybody sunglasses, everybody frisbee. Yes. <laughs> so that was great. Uh, and then we had uh, we, we uh, had Move, which was wonderful. They were very nice. Liberty, Liberty rolled out the fucking red, red carpet, carpet for, for us. For real. And I love. They had a spinny wheel thing where you can like, everybody got, went away with the goodie bag from there too. Yeah. Delicious. Nothing bunk cake cupcakes. Oh my gosh. That's like my favorite cake. Yeah. I don't know how you knew, Shirley. I don't know yeah, how she, you she knew nailed it. That was my favorite. I was like, wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I, everybody was like, mm. and then remember you like took two I took home two. <laughs> and ended up smashing one into our photographer, videographer friends, Albert's bag. I felt so bad. It was icing all over his bag. All in trying to save. <laughs> To it's bring like my stuff. husband a cupcake home and myself a cupcake she, home. She reminded me of uh, of uh, Napoleon Dynamite when he sticks the tater tots in his pockets. <laughs> it's like, you better watch out with that frosting. You don't get it on your pockets. Uh, and then we ended up at Truly, which we, uh, you know, luckily, thank you to Binsk. Okay, a big shout out to Liz from Binsk. She works at Truly, too. Yeah. And she was able to get us situated at the apopka truly which is beautiful by the way it's a brand spanking new truly yeah. i'm like how many fucking how many true leaves are There's there so everywhere it was, it was brand spanking new really beautiful she figured it out and got pulled the strings and we ended up there and it was lovely i actually i, I got to talk to a lot of of uh of the ladies at the truly in the truly lobby it's like it was so funny. We were like making such a ruckus that people walking in there. They're like stuff. every they're like, time, hell? every dispensary we were at, people walked in and see all of us. We're like, what is going yeah, on? Is oh my god! Thing? And the little adorable puppy at Liberty Health oh Sciences. My god. The most adorable golden. We lost puppy. our minds for the puppy. <laughs> 
And there's puppy footage. It, yes, we got plenty tuned. of puppy footage. There's going to be a lot of content coming out <laughs> eventually <laughs> to go through the videos and stuff to put them up. Yup. So that was lots Such of a fun. Great time. I can't wait to do it again here at home in Miami. Yeah, for real. That shit will be off the chain. Yeah. Oh my God. Like some of our old school homies might be there. Like our before the podcast. Homies. Yeah. People we convinced to get a card because <laughs> well, they smoked with us before we got our cards. <laughs> but it was fun. Uh, we can't wait to do it again. Um, we took our families, which I don't know, like I wanted to go, I wanted to take them because of course I want to be able to spend as much time with them as possible. And sometimes we like go on these like trips to go to events and whatnot and we don't take them. And I was like, well, let's rent a place and like have them try to like have fun while they were there. So, um, the kids, my, my husband took my girls to the water park. That was, it was like a little water park that was part of the place that we rented Mm -hmm. and they had a blast. We had such a, we had such a fun time in the house. Uh, I just, when we got back, my little one is prone to ear infections. She loves sticking her head underwater. By when you got back, she was already starting to feel bad at brunch on Sunday. Sunday. She was just like. Yeah, she was pooped. She was pooped and then she started taking antibiotics yesterday because I took her to the doctor. And this, oh my God, this morning, like she was trying to catch up on the last two days of not talking. She's just (laughs) like saying so many things all at once. I couldn't keep up with it. But we're there. We're still trying to give her medicine. It's She was taking the medicine okay at the beginning. And now it's like, I mean, it's still the beginning because it just started yesterday, but she won't take it oh my god before i came over here to record is it the taste it was the freaking showcase showdown but it's amoxicillin amoxicillin tastes like bubble gum i don't know why she's freaking out about that i don't know my my kid wouldn't need it yeah well we are and and too like the moltrin and stuff she was eating the moltrin okay at the beginning but now she's like now so that's like, I don't know if anybody, if any of you listeners have any special tricks without making, without traumatizing your child, because we were like trying to get her to take it. And I really didn't want to have to force her, force her and shove yeah. it in her face because then, then my other daughter starts crying because it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's a, it's a mess. I'm telling you, like, cause then she sees us traumatizing her sister and oh she's my like, God. leave my sister alone. <laughs> And we're like, we're doing this for her good. She oh, needs so to drink sad. some medicine. It's crazy. It really is a <laughs> battle because, I mean, it's nice. It's good. They defend each other. They have each other's back. And ultimately, that's all I care about. But it's hard because you have two screaming, crying children at the same <laughs> time. You're like, what do I do? Like, shut up. She, she's fine. <laughs> Chill. We're just trying to give her medicine. I know. We're just trying to keep her healthy. <laughs> Oh, so, God, what a disaster. I know. So if you guys, if any of you listeners have any tips, tips tricks, advice kids alike. for toddlers and medicine, three-year-old medicines, let us know. Send us a Ugh. message. I need your help. And then I wanted to tell you, uh, I was like, I'm on the side of TikTok recently where, like, it's juicy. It's like gossipy stuff. <laughs> You know, I'm like always like I'm always talking shit about your TV reality series. And now I'm just like following the drama on TikTok. So the first one is 
Amy Roiland, Justin Roiland's sister, Justin Roiland is the creator of Rick and Morty. There's a lot of controversies with him too. Uh, well, look at Rick and Morty. Yeah, what, right, huh? <laughs> expected. Um, so, anyways, there is a, there is a, uh, I guess you could say famous. They have like 2.4 million followers. This lady is like a dancer. She has a studio. She's super eclectic, artsy, and then she has like a cool studio. So she has a studio. Amy Roiland is an influencer, like a fashion mommy blogger. She does fashion stuff for her daughter. So, uh, this studio lady has a, uh, uh, she has a TikTok where she's like dancing to like a voicemail and it sounds like a Karen. And it's pretty funny because she's like dancing to the, the, the sound like of the TikTok lady, dance. you know, right. And the lady's going off about like, oh my God, the lady's super privileged on the phone, on the voicemail. Very entitled. Super entitled talking about how like she's mad because she's not getting the studio for free. Uh, because she ha- oh she has so many followers and she gets paid so much money to make videos, she's willing to go out of her way to shoot in their studio so that she could post for free. Like it's always like oh my gosh, I hate being a creator is really really fucking hard because people don't want to pay you based on the idea that you're doing what you love. Yes, I, I love doing this, but you know what? It's a lot of work and I, I, we try, creators try any which way to make money wherever they can because let's face it, like we get peanuts thrown at us all the time. I'm not even going to go into detail, like be trying to do stand-up comedy and getting paid in fucking bar discounts. But anyways, this lady's trashing the studio going, well, who are you? How old are you? 90? Do you not know how collaborations work? Which, by the way, collaboration is a trigger word for me because a lot of times collaboration means you work for us for nothing, for free, for exposure. Like, oh, exposure. It's fucking bullshit. So anyways, nobody knew it was Amy Roiland until people started recognizing her voice and going, oh, it's this bitch. Anyways, I couldn't even find her page because she put her shit on fucking private. And now I go back to show you the video of the dance with the voicemail and that one's gone too. So who knows what happened there? And then today I magically ended up on cheating husband TikTok, which also very juicy, by the way. So this story um, is about um, a soccer player, a famous soccer. Well, he used to be a soccer player. Now he's like a coach. His wife finding out that he cheated on her and then posting all the receipts on Instagram. Jesus, why do people do that? Oh, my God. And it's crazy because she the way she found out that her husband was cheating on her was one day and they have two sons, like 18 year old sons. One day uh, they found all the ingredients in the refrigerator to make a cheesecake. And they're like, oh. Dad's going to make a cheesecake for one of their birthdays or whatever. Great. Apparently, the, the, the husband stay, stays up at night and bakes a cheesecake while everybody's sleeping. When these, the family wakes up to have some cheesecake, because, right? Mm, yummy. <laughs> there's cheesecake. They go to the refrigerator. Cheesecake, no está. Se fue. He's gone. Is out of no cheesecake. Disappear. No so ingredients. No cheesecake. Dad, where is the cheesecake, Dad? So 
Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. What a crazy way to get caught. It ends up, right. She ends up finding out. She ends up contacting the lady's husband because the lady is also cheating on her husband with the soccer player guy. The lady talks to her husband about what's happening, goes to their house. There's a video on Instagram of her talking to their housekeeper and grabbing her Tupperware because the cheesecake was in her Tupperware. Then she proceeds to leave the Tupperware in the driveway of the garage, take a picture, puts it on Instagram, because now this is how the husband's going to find out that she knows about his cheating. Oh, my God. Betty, Betty, juicy. Betty, Betty, juicy. Got her and her and you can go to her Instagram. Literally. Is, is it real? Oh, oh, why oh, is oh, oh, it's real. It's putting, real, babe. Why do people air their dirty shit on the Internet like that? Pettiness, because who the fuck is baking a fucking cheesecake in the middle of the night for their mistress? I'm so sorry. If if you're baking cheesecakes for the bitch you're fucking on the side, like, dude, fucking figure your life out. That's ridiculous. I it's know, a grown but- ass man is baking a cheesecake in the middle of his of the night while his family is sleeping for his mistress. I will post that shit on Instagram and let people have a field day with it. I'm on I'm on the wife's side. I I I'm I'm not saying she doesn't have every right to be angry. I just don't think it's a good idea to put that stuff on the internet. Yeah, well, he should have thought- see it and then you don't know what's going to happen between you and your husband later. You don't know exactly what the details were. Like I'm not saying that I just I wouldn't expose I hear my family you. I, I on the internet you. like that. I, I just wouldn't. I hear you about like, oh, don't be so messy, right? I hear you. Be private about your mess. I got you. But at the same time, <laughs> fucking don't be baking cheesecakes in the middle of fucking night for the bitch okay. you're fucking on the side. I get that. But that's going to affect her, too, putting it on the internet. Too. You like, know what? It, it's, it's, I don't think it's going to affect. I think she's in very much in a place where she's like, this guy es un descarado. And we're going to let the whole world know about his garbage. Plus, all of that is. All of that is evidence for whatever divorce situation they're going to go through. Take pictures and take video. Well, anyways. Putting it on the internet. <laughs> it is very juicy. How Hit old me are up the kids? If you wanna, the kids are like 18. And the kids, she posted a voicemail on the Instagram of the kids telling her, we love you. We support you. Because they they don't like that shit neither. They don't like that daddy's baking cheesecakes in the middle of the night. No, that's bitches, fucked but. up. Whack, bro. It is whack. So, so anyway, but I don't. You know what, man? That hey, to me bro. is just for like clout and views. No, it's a, for I mean, what? To because fuck him. Like for real, it's petty. It is petty, Labelle. It is very petty. I don't get it. I just it's I don't petty manage. But like to me, it feels unnecessary. Oye, con all the reality TV shows that get you watch. I know. You love that shit. I do. But anyways, <laughs> that shit was entertaining. What's yeah. up with you? Even though, like, I feel like we have, we've just. Nothing's been everything about the bud crawl now that it's over. Yeah. No, I have, like, little things happening, of course. You know, we have Tito. Um, we're trying to train New puppy. him. We're trying to train him because he was peeing in the house and he was doing so good and he hasn't peed in a while. And we decided to try to get the buttons, you know. Oh, for him to go. To say outside. Uh, Okay. The first button, first command that we did is outside. We got the same buttons that Bunny has from TikTok. Speaking about TikTok, the side of TikTok I'm on is like dog Dog talk. (laughs) And like TikTok knows what TV I show. So watch. 
so it has like the talks of all the shows I watch. The talk, like what, like what like show? House of the Dragon talk, uh, Love Is Blind talk. Oh, okay. Like you know, people talking about the shows, and election talk because the elections were right. happening. Anyway, so we're doing it. He was doing so good. We every every time we go outside, we hit the outside button. We hit the outside button. And then today, for the first time in a couple days, he peed in the house. You know where he peed? Where? On the fucking button. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck your button, bitch. I was like, no, you're not supposed to pee on it. You're supposed to press it so we know to thank you. <laughs> well, maybe he's just trying to, like, you know, uh, he's he got mixed messages. The gotta, does the button still work? Oh, uh, I. I think so. We're, you know, letting it dry out. But I was like, oh, my God, kids clean it and all that. And I was like, really? Well, either he's, he's doing it, the either he's doing it out of spite or. No, I think he just had to go. Or he's. And he didn't know about pressing right, it. He just peed still, on it. Right. Like, that's the other. That's, that's the what other I think thing. happened because he was doing so good going outside. He gets positive reinforcement every time we give him a treat and. So yeah, that was hilarious to me. I laughed my ass off when Johnny told me. Yeah, that is pretty. That's pretty. That's pretty hilarious. Uh, and then uh, Julian's about to go on a field trip to go see the Nutcracker. Oh, I'm gonna yeah? try to become a chaperone on it because I get like nervous about field trips. I do like those. What if they leave him behind? Right. Or they leave him on the bus or like. Even though, like, I'm sure you've told him, somehow. and I've told mine of like, hey, yeah. you gotta be pay attention. That's but you know, I know you still, still like still be eating shit all the time. Or anything could happen. The bus could crash. <laughs> like, oh my god, I, I don't want to oh think about god. that. I know. I get so I'm gonna try to be a chaperone, and then I have to get the day off, and then I guess I get, I get to go see the Nutcracker. Have you ever seen the Nutcracker? We've seen like okay, we've seen like the ballet sort of on the TV, like the movie, mm-hmm. and then um, I want to say about yeah, it was it's, it was last Christmas. Uh, Roku has a terrible version, cartoon version of the Nutcracker. It's like super low budget, very like it's got some choice actors doing the voices, which is what kind of confused me. But my kids were so obsessed with that movie. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God, it's so bad. And, like, there were moments where I would laugh out loud because of how terrible, like, that something was wrong with the animation or, like, something didn't make sense or something. Super cheesy. And then, so they've always wanted to buy a Nutcracker. Oh, I have a Nightmare Before Christmas one. Yeah, we ended up getting one, but it's a really nice one. It was kind of a little expensive. So Robert ended up going to the dollar store and he got them two little, little the cutest ones. little plastic yeah, ones. They're adorable. But yeah, nutcrackers. So beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Gotta pick a date for the exchange. I can't believe Thanksgiving is almost here and gone. Me either. Me Crazy. either. And I have big hopes for 2023. High hopes, she's got high hopes, she's got high in the sky, apple pie hopes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm high, that's for sure. Hey, <laughs> and we got a segment you guys love. Here it goes.
Nuts, where we get high and read, read the, the news, news to you. you. Now, before we get into our story that we're going to read, before we go into that, we just have a few things to celebrate from this election. So two out of five states said yes to re- recreational weed. Congrats to Maryland and Missouri and our condolences to Arkansas, North Dakota and South Dakota. You guys got to keep fighting and keep going for it. But, you know, all right, Maryland and Missouri, just welcome to the ranks. So welcome to the weed club. Hopefully we'll be in in that club soon. Yeah, and hopefully uh, Maryland, Missouri, there's a new podcast that should be on your radar. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're not already. Yeah. And then you. And then five cities in Texas. We got a lot of listeners in Texas. We constantly hear you guys bitching about your fucking American, no laws out there about weed. Mm-hmm. But five cities in Texas approved decriminalization initiatives. Den, Elgin, Heights, Killeen, and San Marcos voted to pass cannabis decriminalization measures. <laughs> And also a very big congratulations to Colorado. Colorado voters approved psychedelics decriminalization measure. Voters passed Proposition 122, 122, a ballot measure to decriminalize and regulate psilocybin and other natural psychedelics for therapeutic use. For when we go! (laughs) For when we go to Denver. We're going to do a retreat. It's very therapeutic. (laughs) Wow, that's a lot of... uh, that's a lot of ch-ch-ch-changes. That's awesome. Yeah, really a good, great changes. And speaking of, today, actually, we're recording this on November 15th. This is airing November 16th. I know, we're pretty on target right here. <laughs> pretty, pretty fresh. So this is pretty fresh news. Today, cannabis legalization hearing held by a congressional committee. So more steps towards, you know, them talking about weed and making it legal. So multiple U.S. representatives questioned seven cannabis advocates to discuss legalization at the federal level in a recent hearing. The House Oversight Committee on Civil Rights and Civil Liberties announced on November 8th that on November 15th, which is today, uh, it would be holding a hearing to discuss cannabis legalization. The hearing's official title was Developments in State Cannabis Laws and Bipartisan Cannabis Reforms at the Federal Level. And a joint memo (laughs) was published on November 12th to lay out the talking points of the discussion. The hearing was led by Rep. Jamie Raskin, chairman of the subcommittee, and Rep. Nancy Mace, ranking member of the subcommittee. And accompanied by questions from Rep. Ayanna Presley of Massachusetts, Peter Anderson Sessions of Texas, Carolyn Maloney of New York, Brian Higgs in New York, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of New York, Eleanor Holmes Norton, delegate of the U.S. House of Representatives representing the District of Columbia, Rashida Tlaib of Michigan, James Comer of Kentucky, and Robin Kelly of Illinois. Come on down! (laughs) Witness speakers included, oh, we're just naming all the people here? No, those were the representatives, now it's the speakers. Witness speakers included. Randall Woodfin, Mayor of Birmingham, Alabama, Paul Armentano, Deputy Director of Normal, Andrew Friedman, Executive Director of Coalition for Cannabis Policy, Education, and Regulation, Spear, Eric Gopel, 
founder and CEO of Veterans Cannabis Coalition, Keita Haynes, senior legal advisor of Free Hearts, who connected remotely. I don't know why they had to really just like kind of <laughs> highlight that. Amber Littlejohn, senior policy advisor of Global Alliance for Cal- Cannabis Commerce, and Jillian Snyder, policy director of Criminal Justice and Civil Liberties. They're like, she wasn't there. She connected remotely. We just wanted, <laughs> wanted to take We that. just wanted you guys to know. Everybody else was wanted there. Wanted to be clear. <laughs> she was in her pajamas. They don't, don't want to say what she was no, wearing. She, that's awful. <laughs> okay. So the discussion covered a wide variety of facts revolving around cannabis legalization, the failed war on drugs, how Biden's October announcement to pardon federal cannabis convictions requires state action to help people the treatment of veterans who seek relief with cannabis, the potential of hemp as a building material, and the legal challenges connected to this. Normals Armentano provided many powerful facts and statements regarding legalization and how the cannabis industry industry has affected black and brown people. By descheduling cannabis, tens of millions of Americans who reside in states where cannabis is legal in some form as well as the hundreds of thousands of people who work for the state licensed industry that services them will no longer face needless hurdles and discrimination, such as a lack of access to financial services, loans, insurance, Second Amendment rights, tax deductions, certain professional security clearances, and other privileges, Armentano said. Oof. Our Street Institute Snyder added that the country's approach to legalization is messy due to the varied levels of regulation. Proposed federal legislation indicates increased support for alternatives to federal cannabis prohibition, and this increased support is critical to provide clarity on the overall legal status of cannabis as the current situation presents inconsistency and a quasi-legal conundrum, Snyder said. The substance may be legal in one state and decriminalized in another, but because it is still prohibited at the federal level, users or possessors of the substance are subject to criminal penalty. Toward the later portion of the hearing, Raskin added Armentano about his hope asked Armentano about his hopes, his hope that Congress can come together to make legalization a reality. So, Mr. Armentano, do you think Congress can catch up with where a majority of the states are now in terms of medical marijuana decriminalization and legalization, as Mayor Woodfin said. Do you think Congress will actually be able to do it? I know this hearing is promising sign, but what do you think are the chances of actually doing this in this session of Congress or the next? Yeah, what do you think? So you're saying there's a chance. (laughs) Is there a fucking chance? (laughs) Armentano replied, explaining that historically prohibition has never worked whether you examine the history of alcohol prohibition or that of cannabis. Well, my business card doesn't say pro, pro, prognosticator, prognosticator, but one would hope that members of Congress see the need to act swiftly. Armentano explained, look to use your analogy with alcohol prohibition. The federal government got out of control, got alcohol, got out of the alcohol prohibition business when 10 states chose to go down a different path. Oh, see? 10 states were like, fuck you guys. (laughs) The majority of U.S. states have now chosen to go down a different path with cannabis. And it is intendable to keep this chasm going between where the states are on this policy and where the federal government is. At the end of the day, 
The federal government needs to come to a come to a way to comport federal policy with state policy, and that's by descheduling. Mace and Raskin provided conclu- conclusory statements based on what they heard during the hearing and what they hope it will lead to in the very near future. Mace condemned an earlier reference comparing cannabis to slavery. Oh my God, I saw this. We're going to show a little clip of this, actually. The product is being marketed. The product is being sold. The product is being advocated by people who were in it to make money. Slavery made money also. Putting uh, cannabis and slavery in the same category is patently offensive and flagrant. I mean, oh, he puts me glasses at the product. Yeah, I, I love. I mean, I love when he they do that. He tweeted that himself. The, the the gentleman, the Woodfin. What's his name? What's his first name? Something Woodfin. He's a mayor. Uh, Randall Woodfin. Yeah, go back to the slide, or you can read it right there. So he talks about it. Right Comparing there. the legal cannabis industry to slavery is patently offensive. I hope that Re- Representative Pete Sessions learns from his many Republican colleagues on the right side of this issue. It's past time we end the prohibition of cannabis. For real. Okay. So she addressed data that shows how black and brown people are four times more likely to be arrested for cannabis. And that is up to Congress on both sides of the, uh, both sides to address the issue. I'm from South Carolina where the difference between rich and poor is often black and white. And cannabis is an area where we can work together on both sides of the aisle to prohibit more of those inequities from happening across the country and and right the wrongs that have been going on for decades now, May said. And I would encourage my colleagues on both sides of the aisle to get on board with this issue. The American people are asking for it. 70% of Americans support medical cannabis. Half or more than half support adult or recreational use across the country. Whether they come from the red state of South Carolina or the blue state of California, east coast to west coast, Americans from all communities, all colors, all ages support this issue. The only place it is controversial is here in the halls of the Capitol, and it's wrong. That's right. That's right. If we all have something in common is that we love the weed. (laughs) (laughs) That's the one thing we all agree on. Chairman Raskin concluded the hearing with his own statement, addressing the need for action from Congress. Congress needs to catch up, and that's what this hearing is about, and that's what I've learned today. If we knew our history better, if we all took the time to read into Prohibition, we would see that America has been through this before. And it's not that alcohol is like birthday cake. It's not. We lose more than 100,000 people a year to alcohol-related illnesses, to alcohol-related fatalities on the highways, That needs to be regulated, Raskin said. What the country had its experience with trying to criminalize alcohol, it didn't work and it caused much more severe problems. And we know that's precisely the history we're living through today again with marijuana. It needs to be regulated. It needs to be carefully controlled. But we should not be throwing people into prison any period of time for one day because they smoke marijuana. It makes no sense. We should not be ruining people's lives over this. I think the country has made its judgment. It's time for Congress to catch up. Yes, I agree with everything, but it bothers me that they say because they smoke marijuana. It should be because they sell marijuana, too, because, you know, 
a lot of them are in there for selling it, yeah. for providing the service that people want. Because right. people, it's a medicine. It helps them. It's a stress relief. It's it's many things. And, you know, there's a lot of people, like what Stephanie says, she wants them to show the same grace to the user, to the seller as they do the user, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I At least when it comes to cannabis. I mean, come on. Come on now. Come on now. Come on. Little wee leaf. We got another little segment everybody loves. Coming at you. <laughs> I love you, Miami. Oh my God, I love you, Miami. I you know, know what I love. It. You know what I fucking love? The Miami Dolphins. That's what I love. Oh my God, you guys are killing it. Tua is our man. I now know. that Tua is back. We've been we've been unstoppable. After fearing for his life, I know, man. That was wild. Wrong. That was crazy. I mean, wrong. I feel NFL has been doing a lot of things bad, yeah, man. They're only about money, guy. But it's just like, I'm not saying basketball is better, but they can take a little couple pointers from the way they do it in basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway. story we got for Miami is. Miami and Ukrainian city are now sister cities. We can live without light. We can live without water, but we cannot, we can't live without freedom, said Gena Serduik, a pediatrician from Ukraine who is now living in the U.S. with temporary protected status. I'm very thankful for the United States for every inch of help my country, to my country to defend my country. Miami and Urban will also work together on tourism trade and networking but in the meantime miami will focus on establishing hope and providing aid in total miami is giving the ukrainian city 102 guns of which 20 are rifles and the rest are handguns most are most of them are ak-47s ar-15s or nine millimeter pistols they did like a gun buyback like program where people could come in and turn in their guns and they like buy it from the to take them to so it's, it's like yeah so it's like we're getting them off our streets and then they're gonna give it to arm a town in ukraine the weapons will help arm the local urban police force with the goal to aid the city in defending itself against the russian army Oleksandr markushin the mayor of urban said that the ukrainian leaders are confident that if they had enough weapons initially, there's no way Russia would have gotten as far as it did. 16 guns were collected during the Guns for Ukraine gun buyback program held in June by the city of Miami and spearheaded by Miami City Commissioner Ken Russell. I love him. That's something that, that's the guy who was on TikTok. That He's he a TikTok guy. I love him. I have a TikTok saved right there to watch of him okay. right now about that, this. That's something that should set precedent that cities can work together to help each other in all sorts of crisis, Russell said. The other weapons were taken off the streets by Miami police officers who would have been destroyed if they would could not be legally returned to their original owners. Most of us here in Miami have been displaced from our natural lands and we will do anything we can to ensure that it doesn't happen to anybody else, said Man- Manuel uh, Morales, the chief of police of the Miami Police Department. The weapons are expected to be sent to the Urban to Urban next week through exporter DT Gruel and be delivered to the city officials. That's crazy. That's an interesting story. I I thought that was cool. 
And and I saw that story today after I heard some really sad news about the bombings there today. Um, and I just, I that's very little guns, but it's helpful to that yeah. one that one city, you know. Yeah. And the fact that they're just like doing it to doing help. what they can, and it also gets guns off the streets here, well, at least dangerous guns like AR-15s and AK-47s or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, those are. That's why I'm reading those. Like, damn, those, like, those guns are heavy duty. So yeah, Ken Russell, he he has TikTok and he he posts some really good TikToks. But he didn't win. Um, he ran for a representative seat and he didn't win it. You want to know how badass Ukrainians are? This is their gift. Visiting our city of Miami. This is a piece of a Russian Sukhoi, an Su-34 that they took down, and on the back they printed the coordinates where they shot it down and the tail number of the plane. Don't mess with Ukraine. <laughs> that's pretty funny yeah read the caption that he said on there it's funny he said we gave them a cafecito cup they gave us what's left of a Russian jet they shot down <laughs> that's pretty funny yeah I enjoy his content on, on TikTok he dressed up as Goku for Halloween like and he legit like did the whole outfit he even made on a, on a hoverboard that he could m- put a cloud on it so it looks like he's like hovering on a cloud it it was crazy. Not a hoverboard, but one of those yeah. single those boards that have like one wheel. Right. <clears throat> and we have arrived to our interview portion of the show. We are so uh, happy to have Shay on our show. She Shay on our show. She's the owner of Magically Blended LLC. She's a psychedelic and plant medicine content creator, advocate, and brand ambassador. She's actually going to be at Canafees this weekend. We're going to be at Canafees this weekend. Oh, yeah. Too. I forgot to put that at the beginning of the show. I yeah. meant to add it in the intro. That's right. We're... So, yeah, come see us at Canafees. <laughs> yeah, come see all of us at Canafees this weekend and listen to this wonderful interview. We hope you enjoy. We are so happy to have you on our show. We started seeing you on the internet a lot, on Instagram. Then we started seeing you at events. Uh, Shay, uh, you, your company is Magically Blended. You want to tell us a little bit about how you got there, how you started Magically Blended? Well, um, I am very, very passionate about um, the medicinal and therapeutic benefits of psychedelics, primarily psilocybin-containing mushrooms. And I had tried, I suffer from mental illness. I suffer from chronic pain. I had neuropathy really bad. I couldn't quit smoking cigarettes. I had so many things going on that I tried multiple medications for traditional pharmaceuticals or, you know, other avenues and nothing ever worked. It was like, you know, there was a band-aid. There was a band-aid there, but it was, you know, five different problems from trying to treat the one condition and um i've always been a very big advocate and proponent of cannabis and i started doing the deep dive into psychedelics probably about two and a half years ago now and um it was able to help me so much that i just wanted to be able to get it out there to everybody and that wanted to choose to use it because I believe that it should be a choice. It, you know, I don't want to push my beliefs on anybody or how I feel about something. I want to provide the information, provide my experiences, talk about the good, bad, the ugly, and let people make educated, informed decision on their own. 
So tell us about the first time you used um, shrooms or psilocybin. Like, was it first time? Was it medicinally after doing your research or oh, was it like recreationally left yeah. fun? With first time I ever, sorry, the first time I ever did shrooms was probably when I was in high school. You know, we um, swam across the creek and went over to the cow fields and, you know, went and got our mushrooms. And you picked your own? Uh, oh yeah oh yeah oh, no go okay. to the cow fields and go look in the cow patties and pull them off and dump the water bottle on it I would never do that now I can't believe I did it when I was younger but oh my goodness you know now I know how to cultivate them without having to use manure and stuff like that so um but I actually didn't do any psychedelics again until Oh, you hit mute. Oh, you went muted. We lost you. You're mute. Did we mute her somehow? Asked to unmute. There you go. There you go. Okay. So I hadn't um, done psychedelics until my mid to late 20s. Again, I'm 35 right now. And I had dabbled and, you know, here and there, um, experimented, but not until probably about two and a half years ago, I really started focusing on the medicinal and therapeutic benefits of psilocybin containing mushrooms. I also use LSD, but primarily I focus on psilocybin. And um, I've been able to quit smoking cigarettes. It's been a little over a year since I quit smoking cigarettes overnight. You know, I smoked over a pack a day of cigarettes wow. and I had tried patches, traditional pharmaceuticals. I had tried gum. I tried acupuncture, cold Turkey, nothing ever worked. Yeah. That's so hard. I, I took two grams of mushrooms and told myself I didn't want to smoke anymore. And I woke up the next morning and had no craving. I had no want, yeah. no need, no anything. And there was no like hand to mouth or there was nothing and it's been over a year and so what did you do when you like okay you, just set, you set the, the intention, intention but how do you I set an intention i sat and i meditated for about 10 minutes prior to just focusing on the fact that i didn't want to smoke cigarettes anymore i kept telling myself that i kept telling myself over and over and over again i had pre-downloaded um the johns hopkins psilocybin playlist on my phone and put a little, you know, I think it was one of my kids little fuzzy bear masks over my eyes and laid down. And, you know, <laughs> I, I really don't remember a lot of what happened during that journey. And if you've experimented with um, psychedelics, you know, it can be hard to recall specifics that happened yeah, during so much stuff happens it can be yes, hard to recall and actually describe yes and but i haven't touched a cigarette since i've been able Great. to get off every single pharmaceutical my anxiety my depression um my chronic pain i had neuropathy for years um <laughs> from a back injury and I had no topical feeling in my hands and I would lose feeling in my leg and my foot. And I'd always have pins and needles in my leg and my foot. And it's been over 10 months, almost a year now that I have feeling in my hands again. And I have, you know, I haven't lost feeling in my legs or had the pins and needles. And um, 
when you take psilocybin or you know LSD as well um, in minute doses, microdoses or nanodoses, it causes something called neuroplasticity and neurogenesis and creates all neural neural pathways and will actually heal you rather than just putting that band-aid that I call with the traditional pharmaceuticals. And I know that people still need traditional pharmaceuticals and I don't want anybody to think that I'm saying that they're all bad. In my experience, they haven't helped me. So, but I know people that they do help. And I know people that like to use a combination of psychedelics and traditional pharmaceuticals. I just think that people should have the choice. Yeah. And they should try different things because ultimately that's the only way you find out what works for you. You can't just go on one diet and that diet is the end all be all. Like you have to figure out, I mean, I'm not a big, I don't really love diets. It's just been like kind of embedded in my life, you know, but then society, but you know, it's not just one thing that that works for everybody. Everybody's got to try different things. And what would you say is like a good starting dose? Like how would you, there's a lot of our listeners out there who, they have entertained the idea. We just kind of started talking about it on the show. It's kind of starting to be a hot topic. Where would you tell someone to start? Like, what do you think should be good for someone who's new to this? That is a very subjective question. It's also going to be depending on what they're looking for. Are they looking for a full immersive journey, which I call tripping, is the psychedelic effects, the visuals, the, you know, disorientation from, you know, the world we are in right now. Loss of ego. (laughs) Yeah, your ego death. Um, Or if you're just looking to do like a mini dose or a museum dose, which I love, which is only about one gram and um, just experience colors being brighter and uh, being more grounded and your senses being heightened and it makes you feel happy and warm and just they call it the best antidepressant in the whole world Mm -hmm. I always suggest I don't ever recommend somebody that is going in at a very first time to go any over two grams I think that is a very good dose to start for your first time unless you are with somebody and you are looking for a total ego death which that's going to be something totally different. Mm-hmm. Microdosing, I always think between a 0.2 and a 0.25 is good to start because you can always go up or down. With microdosing, you shouldn't have any psychedelic effects. It should heighten your senses a little bit and make you feel more grounded, but you should be able to do absolutely anything that you would be able to do had you not taken that microdose. Um, And that is really where the neurogenesis and the neuroplasticity happen at the lower doses. Um, The higher doses, I think, are very good for therapeutic and working on mental health and trauma and like reprogramming. Yes, reprogramming and um, the microdoses, mini doses and nano doses, I think, are very good for physical and nerve and depression, anxiety, pain even, um, they're very good for the more physical, medicinal, and mental health. Um, 
it just depends on what people are looking for. And I always, my inbox is always open if anybody has questions because I want to provide people with the education, the information, and if they have specific questions, what works for one person may not work for another person, just like with cannabis, you know, are you going to be more of an uplifting sativa or a, you know, more pain relief and sedative, you know, indica and you got to find what works for you, terpene profiles and whatnot. You're going to have to find which dose works for you. Is there more than one species that we can play with in this oh, yeah. realm? Yeah. Okay. So, how many, how many <clears throat> strains of psilocybin are you familiar with and have okay. you? Well, species wise, there is over to, almost. 200 species so like um psilocybe or paniolis variety um like we've got psilocybe cubensis and paniolis cyanensis i i apologize if i butchered that but there's so many different types there are in the cubensis um is the most traditional variety when you hear magic mushrooms that's going to be the psilocybe cubensis and that is what most people are familiar with you know you have philosopher stones which is um a truffle like sclerotia that grows under the ground on a type of magic mushrooms and that is more philosophical it's still a psilocybin containing mushroom but it's it's a different experience it's a different, it's totally different experience it's a totally different experience whereas with like a penis envy or a golden teacher you'll have more visuals and um the philosopher stones i love they're a lot more introspective and philosophical mm-hmm. um they're very aptly named in my opinion but there are so many different types variety species you want to do research though as well because as somebody with a penis envy variety or an enigma which is a tidal wave variety those are going to be you know double to triple the tryptamine concentration than traditional you know b plus or golden teachers so there you also also have to take that into account with if you've only taken B plus or an Amazonian and then someone gives you a albino penis envy, that's going to be a lot more intense, a lot stronger, and you probably should take about half the dose. Okay, that you would so, traditional. Mm. so then there's different uh strengths when it comes to that too. Correct. Like you how do you would you even know? Do you can you test that? They recently, um, I'll have to look up the company that did it. They did just create a psilocybin test kit, but it's not readily available. I believe it's overseas. And yeah, it's new. They're starting to, I guess, develop correct. that kind of technology probably. Yeah. Other than that, it's not like with LSD where you know you're going to take 150 micrograms or, you know, 200 micrograms it can be so different from dry weight 
in the concentration of the psilocybin and the psilocin. And do, does uh, so, and I've heard too, do stems and caps, are they different in terms of what the stronger part is? In my opinion, I don't think there's enough of a difference. Um, I've, heard, I've heard it's in the, in the cap, in the cap, in the cap. I've yeah, heard and then they're like, it depends on what kind. Some of it have it more in the stem. Cause like, actually like with, and some people will say that the blue, if they're blue, blue. It, That's what I heard. It's really good. And that means that they are stronger, but the bluing is actually oxidation of the psilocybin turning into psilocin. So it turns that blue color. So it's already starting to break down and convert. Oh, that's like the terpenes with the with bud when you the longer it sits around. So yeah. what is, is it psilocy- psilocybin and then it converts into what did you say? Psilocin. And what is the difference in terms of effects? Um, I I really don't know on that. It's that they're both, there's a couple different compounds within magic mushrooms. There's one that starts with a B as well, but they all work together. Some strains and types have higher concentration of psilocybin and some will have higher concentration of psilocin um, and vice versa. Just like with cactuses, you know, some mescaline containing cactuses will have a lot higher mescaline content or have other trichamines in there as well. And in your products, you make chocolates and you do um, as well as micro doses. What is the strain that you usually use for your product? I primarily use penis envy and penis envy crosses because it's one of my favorite varieties it is stronger but they can be microdosed as well so I always let people know that that's what they are made with though so they can make an informed decision and I explain to them that it is a stronger variety Mm -hmm. You did to me when I bought it. You're like, oh, by the way, <laughs> this is it. Like, I really, it sounds great. <laughs> I really, really want to make sure that people have all the information that I can provide. And I'm no expert by any means. I'm still learning every single day. And it's just something I'm very passionate about. It has changed my life in so many aspects and turned me into a totally different person from a couple of years ago that I just want to share it with as many people as will listen. That's awesome. Going back to the education part of it, um, one thing I'm really enjoying that you're doing is the Let's Talk About It series that you do. I think it's every Thursday that you put one out or? Tuesday and Thursday. Tuesday and Thursday, yeah. Um, how do you uh, go about choosing what you're going to talk about And um, what inspired you to start doing that? Well, a lot of my friends would say to me that I need to do something with my knowledge and my passion besides just making funny reels or whatnot, because I'd always say that my inbox is open and I'd let people come and talk to me. And then I would recognize or realize that there was a lot of the same questions being asked over and over and over and over. And I'm like, well, there's a lot of people that really want to know this. So um, I just decided to do a real series. And I, every, 
once in a while I'll put out a story or whatnot and say, what kind of questions do you guys have about psychedelics or magic mushrooms? And I'll go off that or in the comment section or like with the storm that just passed, I wanted to bring up major trauma and relatively new major trauma and the fact that I don't think that people should go to journeying with psychedelics to try to process something so fresh mm-hmm. and um explaining what set and setting are and you want to be in the right mindset and not stressed out and not you know overly stimulated and not have anything bad that recently happened or a trauma um and you want to make sure that your surroundings are comfortable and you know familiar and you know you just feel safe it doesn't necessarily have to be familiar just not something that you're uncomfortable in you know you don't want to be in an uncomfortable surrounding because although you can never know what's going to happen when you go into a journey you're taking a mind-altering substance there's no guarantee what's going to happen there are things that you can do to try to prevent a what they would call a bad trip. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in bad trips. I believe that all trips are are needed. Everything that you go through in these experiences is something that you need subconsciously and the universe knows what you need. You may not realize it right then or a week from now or a month from now or a year from now, but you know, one day you will look back and be like, oh, you know, that's what this was for and this is just my experience though and you know what I have come to love about mushrooms and their potential so you it, it helped you quit cigarettes uh you said you're a totally different person than the person you were you want to tell us a little bit about like why you decided to work on yourself and you know any about that? Anything about that? Absolutely. Um, back in 2014, my father and my fiance passed away very unexpectedly within 15 days of each other. And I was five months pregnant with my youngest and it was a very hard time. So I receded into myself and I became very, very antisocial. I became very, my anxiety, social anxiety, just, I became a shell of an autopilot person. I operated on autopilot every single day and I couldn't go to the grocery store without noise canceling headphones and having a panic attack in the grocery store. And then uh, Sometimes I'd have to be in the parking lot for a half hour afterwards, having a panic attack from going grocery shopping. And I I just couldn't be around people. I didn't go out. I didn't have friends. I didn't do any, I was, I operated on autopilot. I had no life and I was always depressed and I just didn't want to live like that anymore. I, you know, I 35 now and for you know, seven years, five, six years, I operated as no person should ever have to. Well, I mean, I've gone through a lot. It wasn't like, you know, that it was because of your circumstances, you know, that was, I'm not really saying that. Go through. 
I understand that as well. But like I had tried pharmaceuticals, I had tried antidepressant medication, anti-anxiety medication, and it just didn't work. Nothing was working for me. And I just wanted to be happy again. I wanted to be happy again. I have a 20 year old daughter and um, she, you know, wanted me to start living again. And, you know, I have two boys as well, but they're younger, 12 and seven. So my daughter really telling me that I need to do for me again, I need to be happy again, really kickstarted me. Yeah. So how many kids do you have in their one of their ages? I have three and a grandbaby. I have Oh my goodness, no way. I have a 20-year-old daughter, a 12-year-old son, and a seven-year-old son. Um, I had my daughter when I was 15 years old. And um that's hard. Being a teen mom, that's yeah. And I graduated from high school on time. Amazing. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you. Now, um, how how do you talk to your kids about cannabis and I am very extremely open. Um, my seven-year-old is on um, Epidiolex, which is a pharmaceutical um, cannabidol. Mm-hmm. cannabidol. Um, and it, he had his medical card. So it's very expensive to maintain. They really need to have programs for parents that need help. Um, but... I'm very open with them about everything. Um, my my 12-year-old, actually, in fifth grade, I got a call from the school because in their class, he stood up and told them that cannabis is not a drug. And um, I got a call uh, from the school about that. But I, it's a medicine. And, I, and the way I feel is that if we're going to say it's a medicine, then it should be treated as such. And that's how we break the stigma. That's how we destigmatize and, you know, change, make change. We don't need to treat it as it's something bad. It's not something bad. Yeah. hundred percent. We, we agree with that. We're yeah. open with our kids. Like at first, I was hiding it. And then when we started this podcast and we started being more, I was like, why am I hiding this from my kid? If we're trying to like, you know, say that this is, I have to normalize it at home too. I can't just, you know, talk about it on the podcast. So that's when I started being more like, plus once you start getting into uh, having a podcast about weed, it's kind of really hard to like, (laughs) not to hide it, you know? (laughs) And I make reels all the time and I'm out creating content and (laughs) Yeah, another TikTok. Yeah, I know, right? They play with they they get my tripod and they put their little fake phone on the tripod to try to pretend they're like doing TikToks. My seven year old, whenever I'm outside creating or whenever I'm creating, and I walk away, I'll come back and he's pressing the record button and he's dancing and singing his songs and oh my gosh, yeah, it's it's hilarious, but it's so fun to watch. It really is. It is. How do you like being a cannabis and um, psychedelic content creator? It's pretty challenging, isn't it? It's very challenging. <laughs> um, in May of this year, I actually um, lost my account. Mm-hmm. I had um, about forty five hundred followers, and it went it went away. They took it away, so I had to rebuild from and start over. But 
Um, although I became discouraged and I wanted to stop, you know, you can't help it. Yeah. You have to keep going. If yeah, this is what I love and wanting to get the word out there, there's going to be struggles and it sucks, but it is. Yeah. And when, and as a mom, you have so much shit to do. It's so hard when you like put all this time and energy into making all this content and not only like you just want to be more connected to uh, to more people. Right. We want to reach more ears. We want to want more people to see our message. And even that is challenging. So, uh, yeah, we totally understand. It's super discouraging when you put so much effort into it for them to just whoosh, take it down, you take, know, in, in a second. It's just gone. All of it. Yeah. All and you time. can't even get anything that you created because it's just gone. Yeah. Mm. But uh, unfortunately, as cannabis plant medicine advocates, content creators, um, that's something that we have to deal with right now. And if you want to do it, you've got to know that that's a very real possibility and be okay with it. Right. And you got to put up with all of that and you got to get smart and figure out ways around it. Yep. I think it's smarter. (laughs) I now put disclaimers on every single post saying it's not medical advice. It's nothing is for sale. It's for education and harm reduction. I find, I think that that's helped. And that protects you too. Yeah. That protects you too, because it's, just like in the nutri in the supplement industry, you can't prescribe. It's not prescribed. It's not you know. This is just for educational purposes only. And mm-hmm. now we just got the news that they're you know Biden just asked the you know for them to start reevaluating cannabis. That was a nice possibly descheduling um it from being at that level and you know we'll see how much better it gets with the prisoners. It's one little step that way. Um, but things are changing. Yeah, but it's things a little step. So maybe one day in 20 years, cannabis content on the internet's not gonna be a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Truth. It was a nice surprise to see um that that was done for the federal level. But I also really want to know how many federal nobody was in prison. Nobody's getting out of prison for that because nobody was in prison federally right. for that. Yeah. But, He's encouraging states to do suit. And there are people in states, I would say, prisons. And it's just—it's oh, yeah. a first step, you know, yeah. at least. He's, and any step in the direction is a right step. I mean, uh, well, the most part, except <laughs> if we're going to do like the ballot initiative that they have going on right here in Florida without. Yeah, all that oh, stuff. my God. But that's a lot. But that's like. All these companies are going to try to do that. You kind of got to expect them to do that. That's why we got to be smarter than the companies. And we got to make sure that we keep it the way we want to keep it. Because once the law has been done, it, that's it. We got to it's going yeah, to take more to change, hard it. to change it. Right. Yep. But we always, we we're always going to be fighting. It's never going to be. It's never going to be the way we want it. Yeah. No. But look how far this community has come because. We went from, you know, reefer madness where people were going in jail for many, many years for a joint and all these horrible things happening to way more acceptance, way more seeing it on television, way more, you know, seeing it a little more, you know, so it's actually the lowest police priority in a lot of um, 
areas too. Um, I think in your area as well, isn't yep. it? It's uh, the lowest police priority. I know Sarasota, it's decriminalized. Small possessions are decriminalized. So it's, it's, it's nice to see that, that, you know, a lot of law enforcement isn't really enforcing. Right. It's a waste of the resources to be. Really, there's more important matters and hopefully psilocybin will be the same and and psychedelics will be more widely accepted as well. And they are starting to, there are many states that have already started, you know, making it legal in their states. So We'll see. Make nature illegal. What's up with I making know. nature illegal? Yeah. I know. <laughs> I, it's, uh, it grows. It's from Mother Nature. It's a gift for us. It really is. It really it's is. in the Bible. Like, I don't know. Uh, weed is in the Bible. Everybody, God put it here on earth for a reason. So start taking advantage of it, guys. Yeah. It helps out a lot, you know? One of the um, most exciting things to me um, is when older people come to me and I get to talk to them and they try my products and they come back to me and they're like, oh my gosh, this is helping. It's helped with diabetes, Crohn's, neuropathy, just, you know, depression, anxiety, so many things that it's helping with. And especially the older people, you know, I'm talking seventies, eighties. Yeah. Know, they're the ones with the highest, uh, it's the mostly stigma. stigma. Yeah. Yeah. Stigma. yeah. Yeah. And they, they will benefit from it the most. Yes. And it, it makes me so happy when they come back and they're like it's working and you know that it's not what we thought it was it's not this horrible thing and you know a lot of people don't even know with utilizing psychedelics that you don't even have to experience the psychedelic effects to get the medicinal and therapeutic benefits from it yeah well, we, this is a lot I do of, have one more. Okay. Question. Go for it. For the cultivation of, of shrooms. How long is the, like the life? I was going to go asking her about growing, but I was going to say like, I have so many questions about it. If we get into that. I know, no, but I just want this one. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Like how long does it take from like, is it like a spore to like, when you get depending on whether you use agar spores or a liquid culture is depending on how fast the, uh, the grains will colonize, but two to three months from start to finish and dried and ready to enjoy. And that was Shay, owner of Magically Blended. You can find her at Canna underscore Shay 42.0. And you can go to her website from her Instagram page. Yeah. Uh, and her stuff's good. Like her, the, the shrooms are really good. <laughs> yeah. Sorry her chocolates are delicious. You should try them. Uh, you should also become a patron. Uh, well, this is a part of the show where we want to uh, give a special thanks to our patrons. Throw up a little cute little picture up of them. Love you so much. Us with them on our vacation. On our vacation. Well, some of them. Uh, but in the rotation and OG patrons, thank you. Special thank you to Yanni. Destiny. Lauren. Jesse. Christy. Denise. Peaches. Natalie. Angelina. <laughs> Jenny. Catherine. Jay. Chrissy. Guillermo. Diane. And Gabby. Gabby. I'm pretty high. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? Garlic butter? Garlic butter. 
sprinkle some of that. <laughs> Become a patron for early access to videos, episodes, all the kinds of stuff. And Zoom Discord. Smoke sessions, Discord. Yes. yes. And don't forget, please, to subscribe, rate, review, and share our content. Check out our website, potsmokymoms.com. Yeah. Good night, guys. See you later. Bye. Play us out, Jay. What do I do?